Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up! It's up! It's up! It's up! It's up! It's up! This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. He's here with me. It's a mailbag edition of Talk of Champions. If you haven't already subscribed, rate, review Talk of Champions on iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. Doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. This podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions, Spotify, SoundCloud, Amazon Music, Stitcher. doesn't matter. We're there. Ole Miss sports, for now, are over. Ole Miss baseball fell again, one win shy of Omaha, with a loss in Game 3 to Arizona in the Tucson Super Regional. Brad, what's up, man? How you doing? What's up, Ben? I'm exhausted. I'm worn out. I spent all day Monday chasing a story that, as you're listening to this podcast, might have reached a resolution, and that is LSU's pursuit of Mike Bianco. And as the day wore on, I kept hearing it was serious, but as the day wore on, it got more and more serious. So we're recording this late. It's well after 10 p.m. on Monday. I don't know what's happened since then, since we sat down. Mike Bianco is kind of in his hands right now, I think, whether or not he wants to be the next head coach at LSU. What do you think about that? Um, You know, I'm 50-50 on it, man. Listen, I've, I've been a Mike Bianco supporter for years. I've always, you know, I've always been very thankful for what he did for the program. But at some point in coaching, um, you kind of get to a spot to where you may have done everything you can do for a school. And you know, you've been there so long, sometimes you start to lose a little bit of support. People are just getting antsy. Um, the results aren't there in the Super Regionals. I know people are pretty upset about that. So sometimes, man, a, a respectful breakup isn't the worst thing. Um, and, and just looking at it from his his standpoint, I mean, from a coaching security standpoint, um, you know, a, a change is probably best for him. So, um, you know, I, I'm 50-50 on it, man. I, I love Mike Bianco. I really appreciate what he's done, just just seeing as where Ole Miss baseball came from to where it is now. But at the end of the day, man, if 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 those two decided to to mutually part ways and him him go to LSU. Um, you know, I, I'd wish him the best and, you know, he, he, he got almost to a certain spot and maybe someone else comes in and can take him to the next level or, or maybe not. There's always that chance that, you know, that there's somebody can come in and it's not as good as Mike Bianco, but, but we won't know until, until it actually happens. So, um, yeah, I'm 50, 50 on it. 
Yeah, I think a lot of Ole Miss fans are ready to take that chance. And I kind of wrote everything that I thought and I'd been hearing. Tried to pretty much break down the whole situation in the column I wrote for the Ole Miss Spirit after Ole Miss was eliminated on Sunday. It's a really long column, so I don't want to rehash it. But if you want to go read it, it's free. I made it available for anybody to go read. That's omspirit.com and the food of 247 Sports. But one thing that I've been asked repeatedly since Sunday is why would LSU be interested in Mike Bianco? Well, there are a number of reasons why. I mean, the obvious is that's his alma mater. But he runs a really clean program. And with everything that's coming at LSU in regards to its athletics programs, they're looking for clean. He's got the full support of Skip Bertman and that old guard down at LSU. And that's been since day one, even when the names were Kevin O'Sullivan and Corbin and you name it, Cliff Goblin doesn't matter. But I reported on the Ole Miss Spirit on Friday that the search had narrowed to Bianco and Godwin, and then D1 Baseball came back on Monday night and effectively reported the exact same thing. So nothing has changed. And the more I heard, the more it, it became pretty obvious to me that Mike is the leading guy down there. Those are a couple of reasons. And the other reason, and this is something that I've heard by talking to a number of different people, is that, and, and I know Ole Miss fans aren't going to like this, the LSU belief is that they have the superior program and whatever missing ingredients that might be there for Mike to get him above the ceiling, many believe he's reached in Oxford. Well, LSU has that because they're the superior program. So those are the main draws for them. But it's not so cut and dry as we're recording this that Mike would just take the job. But I do think that it's up to him now. It's interesting. Assuming he goes to LSU, well, then that changes the dynamic completely because now we're in a coaching search, and then we can talk about Dan McDonald or Cliff Godwin. We've got a lot of questions about this, I'm sure, in the mailbag. I haven't looked at the questions, but I'm assuming a lot of it has to do with Mike Bianco. But the other side of that is if he did turn it down, which would be the second time he's told Skip Bertman no, the last time coming in 2006, it makes you wonder... If you're in this exact same position next year with a lesser roster, still going to be talented, but a lesser roster than this year, and you fall short again, well, you're in the exact same place Mike Bianco and Ole Miss is in seemingly every mid to late June, right? The same questions, the same gripes. So you can make the argument that he has more job security by taking LSU than he does Ole Miss, as crazy as that might sound. I do agree with the point that you made that for all parties involved here, it might be the perfect scenario. Mike was a little bit different when talking to reporters Sunday night. It just seemed a lot more reserved, and he certainly was more amiable as far as listening to questions that he didn't necessarily want to answer. And I tried to phrase one particular question as well as I possibly could to get a constructive answer. I didn't want to just say, hey, man, you're one in five in game threes and supers. What the hell's wrong with you? So I said to him, Mike, no team's the same. Every season is unique unto itself. So what, in your experience, has proven uniquely challenging about Game 3s and Supers and everything that comes with them? And he gave a very good answer and said, I don't know, and there's no secret that we've struggled in Game 3s. Well, she believes it can get Mike Bianco over that hump. But that's just the whole breakdown of the situation. And as you're listening to this, hell, he might be the new head coach at LSU. I don't know. But Monday was all about this story. And whether or not it's happened as you're listening to this podcast or not, that's going to be the story for the next week, if not a little bit longer, if Ole Miss ends up with a coaching search or with Mike Bianco and then a bunch of other questions come back returning for next year. 
And Ben, I mean, what do you, what do you think? I mean, if say he doesn't get the LSU job, what what kind of excitement? I mean, you know, one thing about sports that people don't realize it's all about moving the needle, and that's kind of what got Matt Luke in trouble. Um, you know, it just just seemed like there was nothing to look forward to for the next season. Um, you know, and, and it's kind of the same thing in baseball. If he if he stays at Ole Miss, you know, what what moves the needle for the fans? Or are they want you know, at what point is it you know does the support drop a little bit? You know, um, so I I just think I think for both parties it it could be potentially best. And I think you know Mike going to LSU is just a I mean, a good fresh start for him. He gets to return to his alma mater. You know, job security is certainly going to be way higher. He's going to get a, you know, a couple of years at least to go in there and, and, and put his stamp on the program. Whereas at Ole Miss, you know, uh, a, a number two seed or three seed in a regional and early out next year could could really lead to, to you know, get, getting fired potentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It gives everybody a clean out. It's the cleanest out they could possibly get. Otherwise. It's going to be messy at some point. I get it. It's still, if it happens, an end of an era. If it doesn't happen, well, I'll talk to you this time next year. Because the conversation never changes anymore. We're going around in circles at this point. You know what I mean? It feels like no matter what we say in regards to this, the sides are so dug in, no one's Mm -hmm. moving. You believe what you believe about Mike Bianco, and maybe... That's the most telling thing of all, if that makes sense. Call it stale and malaise, or maybe you're just spinning your tires here. Whatever you want to say about it, if the sides are what they are, I get it if Mike goes. I get it if he stays. I know yeah. that he would prefer to stay, but I also understand if he looks at LSU and that is better job security and taking that job. But the thing is that people need to understand in regards to baseball coaches. It's not like football and basketball where they freely move all the time. Baseball coaches get hired, and they have their program. You just don't see a Nick Saban kind of deal where he coached at LSU and then goes and coaches at Alabama. You don't see a deal where Tommy Tuberville leaves Ole Miss to go to Auburn. That just doesn't happen in baseball. A coach has his program. So if this does happen, if it has happened as we're recording, it's unique. But it's also a pretty perfect scenario. If it hasn't happened... We're just back in the same place, still talking about getting through to Omaha more consistently. Because remember, in 2019, just like in 2021 at Arizona, except this time in Fayetteville, they fell one win shy of Omaha. At the time, Keith Carter was the interim athletics director, and he didn't roll over his contract to the four-year maximum allowed by Mississippi. But half measures don't work. Either he's your guy or he's not. And right now, I feel like that question is being answered. It feels like we're at an inflection point when it comes to yeah. Mike Bianco's career at Ole Miss. Does it feel that way to you? Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I just think Mike's in a lose-lose situation. You know, he 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 set the standard pretty high at Ole Miss. You know, he, he's got us right there in that, you know, definitely a respectable program. He's helped build this thing up. But, I mean, say if he – hypothetically, if he comes out next year and goes to Omaha – and then the next year, say we get knocked out of reason. I mean, still, they're gonna, it's going to say, hey, well, he's two two times in 22 years. You know, I mean, it just sounds bad no matter what. He, if he goes for the next four years, you know, it's five times in the last 25 years. You know, it's just, he's just had a lose-lose situation. That The, the numbers are never going to look good for him, you know, for the rest of the time. And I just feel like, you know, it's just going to be tough to satisfy this fan base um, for him. And, you know, I mean, I, I certainly – I respect my – I've been a supporter of his, you know, for a long time. Yeah. 
Um, you know, and it's just one of those things, man, where it's, it, it, I'm 50, 50, literally. I mean, if Mike wanted to do what's best for him, I'd respect that and say, thank you and support the next guy. And if he wanted to stay, I'd still support him. You know, I, I enjoy going to Ole Miss games, but I certainly see it from both sides with the fan base. You know, there, there's a lot of people that are really hard on him, a lot of people that, that defend him. But, but like you said, both sides are dug in and I can totally see both sides. Me too. Both sides have a valid argument. And, you know, at the end of the day, I respect Mike and I appreciate everything he's done for Ole Miss and, and the decisions in his hands. I feel the exact same way. And whenever he steps away, whether that's in 10 years or maybe 20 more years, he's only 54. Whenever he steps away, Ole Miss will honor him. They will do something that is worthy of what he deserves. Because remember, when he inherited Ole Miss, it was at a time when Ole Miss was just completely irrelevant. And now they're a nationally relevant program every single year. Pretty much a perennial regular season power. But the problem is the postseason. And if anyone wants to pretend like Mississippi State going to Omaha again this year isn't a part of this too, well, you're just fooling yourselves because that does play into it. A lot of fans are frustrated by that. You can all play that, oh, they're little brother, we don't care. You do care. And it's okay to care. And it's okay to acknowledge that it's frustrating to you to watch as your team in the exact same situation gets beaten 16-3 to while Mississippi State in the exact same situation punches their ticket at home. But one thing that needs to be said about the 2021 Ole Miss Rebels is that group was uniquely special, and it sucks that we're talking about the same stuff we always are at the end of the year if it falls short of Omaha, which it has all but one time under Mike Bianco, because this group overachieved with all that it lost, be it Gunner or Tim Elko playing on one leg, Max Chofi, on and on and on. They overachieved in many respects, and they still got to that place. When you could argue that, they had every reason not to. So I hope that's not lost, that that group was special in a vacuum. But like I wrote in that Sunday column, Ole Miss baseball under Mike Bianco can no longer be viewed in a vacuum. This is Talk of Champions. It's time to open the Modern Woodman mailbag. But before we do, let's hear from BNA Bank and Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Are you looking for a career change? Maybe COVID threw you for a loop. Maybe it's time that you did something else. Maybe you're just tired of working nine to five for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else. Well, our phone line sponsor, Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, is looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary. You do have to be a resident of Mississippi, but what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. Don't wait around anymore. It's time to make a change. So for more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas Chandler today directly through Facebook or his number at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. Make the change. Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, the title sponsor of Talk of Champions. The, the mail's here. 
You've got mail. Special mail for you. This is a letter to Hollywood saying, keep it up. Movies are great. Opening up the Modern Woodman Mailbag, this is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett. He's Bradley Sal, but you already knew that. So let's get to the questions. Ole Miss Sports at Rebel Sports Talk. He starts us off. Who finishes the season with the second most running back carries, assuming everyone stays healthy, Brad? Well, I think Ely's going to get most, and then I think it's going to be a mix of Parrish and Snoop. I, I'll actually be interested to see in, um, in camp. I mean, I, um, Henry Parrish was a little bit injured in the spring, so he wasn't, wasn't in there as much. Um, but I'll be interested to see when camp who they give the give the rock to more. Snoop looked really good in the spring the times I saw him. So um, it's going to be a mix of, between. It's going to be the second will be either Snoop or Parrish for sure. It may, it may be, maybe evenly split, but we'll just see how – what kind of step that um, that Parrish takes this year? If he takes the next step and he becomes, you know, a really good playmaker, he may he may take as many as Ely. Who finishes the season second in tackles? I'm gonna go out on a limb. I'm gonna say the the kid from Maryland. Oh, Chance say, Campbell for you, huh? I think I, I think he's a tackle machine, or he was was where where um, at Maryland. So I think that um, I, I think he's gonna contribute and, and maybe be second. I, I can see him being second tackle. Either that or. Um, I don't know. Otis Reese. I'm hoping he's not leading the leading the team in tackles, but he he'll right. have, have a good chance. I wonder if he plays like a hybrid linebacker role too. Does Otis Reese, and that might contribute to him potentially leading the team in tackles. Jacob Springer's a candidate too, but Chance Campbell better be a tackling machine because you lost Jacquez Jones. We'll get to that in a minute. The last question from at Rebel Sports Talk: Does baseball have an incoming stud first baseman, or do they hit the transfer portal for one? I do think that they're going to peruse the transfer portal, whether it be Mike Bianco and staff or a new staff, to fill needs, which could be one at first base. But there are some candidates. It just depends on maybe Kemp Alderman taking a step. I'm not going to just put all the stock into Taiwan Malone as a baseball player yet. Let's let the kid get his feet under him because everybody at this time last year was saying, oh, Kemp Alderman's going to set the world on fire. And in fall inter-squads in BP, he had that light tower power dazzling people, but then he had a strikeout rate well over 60%. So let's kind of slow the roll on incoming guys. When I look at first base, what happens with Tim Elko? A lot of people just assume he's coming back. I, I don't think that's a good assumption to be making at this point. I certainly think that he's going to get drafted, and depending on what round, it could be the 15th, maybe going to the 18th, wherever he gets drafted, he's going to get signed the buff slot and he'll have a decision to make. It feels like that Tim Elko is leaning toward leaving, even though there's a lot of people assuming that he's going to stay, which I just don't agree with. And also playing into that is what happens with Kevin Graham, because Kevin Graham and Tim Elko are best buds. Same with Justin Bench. What happens with those two guys? Does Kevin Graham get drafted? Does he go? Justin Bench, does he get drafted? Does he go? Kevin Graham is a lot like Cole Zabowski in that he can't really raise his profile anymore by coming back. So if he gets drafted at a reasonable time, be it the 16th, 17th, 18th round, like Cole Zabowski was, then he probably signs. Because again, coming back, he doesn't really have much leverage and he can't really raise his draft profile. So Tim Elko could be a candidate I don't think Tomoko's coming back necessarily, but if he did, there's a chance that he would be playing first base. Tyler Wilson at Tyler Wilson 86. As someone who covers Ole Miss sports, Ben, <laughs> this is great, and is also a Cowboys and Braves fan, do you ever wonder what it would be like to actually enjoy sports? Yeah. Yeah. I've forgotten what it feels <laughs> like. This Braves season has been just dreadful. I haven't enjoyed it 
one time. Not one time. They haven't been one game above 500 all year. And the Cowboys are the Cowboys at this point. Everyone makes fun of you when you're a Cowboys fan, Reg. You know this. They think, oh, are you a Yankees fan and Lakers fan too? Well, no, because those organizations have actually won championships in the last 20 years. They haven't been to the NFC Championship game in 20 years. There's no success to even be excited about with the Cowboys. So, yeah, I do wonder. Often, Tyler, thank you. Thank you for reminding me. John Mark Roberts at Ole Miss 902. Will this baseball team have its entire lineup back next year, and why are we one team with Doug on the mound and completely different when he is not? Because pitching is all that matters. And Ole Miss had one good quality starter left by the time it got to Supers. Gunner going down, that did him in. Because Gunner, healthy on this team, you can't convince me otherwise, man. <laughs> They're walking to Omaha. I think he just has that kind of energy about him. You know what I mean? Just everything about Doug and the confidence he displays and knowing what you're going to get, it's like a pressure release valve. Or it was, because they're not playing anymore. It was a pressure release valve for Ole Miss baseball and allowed everybody else to breathe and just do their thing. And Mike made the absolute right call going with Taylor Broadway on Sunday. That was his last best bullet left. It was his best pitcher left. It just didn't work out. But as far as the entire lineup coming back, I don't know what happens with Mike Bianco. And the transfer portal is going to be something everybody's going to have to watch. Now, Ole Miss has already added an arm in the ace from Texas A&M Corpus Christi, Gaddis, but they're also going to lose some guys. They've already lost Trey LaFleur, who I've heard is headed to Kentucky. So we'll see. If you made me guess, if you made me bet on it, does Ole Miss baseball have its entire lineup back next year? No, no. Pick any number of guys maybe felt slighted that they should have been playing over other guys. They're a candidate, in my opinion, to transfer out. I think that's fair. That's just the reality, the new world that we live in with college sports now, Brett. Yeah, I think if I think here, here's one thing that Ole Miss fans have got to prepare for. Um, you know, if you lose Mike Bianco, um, you know, there's a chance there's a, there's a name or two that 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 we potentially lose with them. That, yeah. that that's a player, especially some of these younger guys with this new rule. So, um, year one, um, year one of a coaching change at Ole Miss is going to be it, it could be a bit of a eye opener. I mean, it's going to be a a little bit of a um, you know, the, the, it's not going to be a full year recruiting for the new guy if he were to leave. So, I mean, it, it, the expectations are sh- they're going to probably be pretty low going into year one of the new guy, just depending on um, you know how quickly he gets in here and gets gets you know recruits and all that. So, um, yeah, there's going to be a, I think there's going to be a change if if Mike goes. Yeah, there's going to be a major change. If not, I can actually see us keeping quite a few guys. I mean, it's going to be a true reset. They'll still be competitive. They'll still be a postseason team, I think, but it'll be a true reset. They're going to look a lot different. The one thing that could keep guys that you might be referring to here from transferring with Mike, following him, or transferring out because they don't want to play for a new coach, assuming Mike has left or is leaving or whatever happens. It's so hard to do this when we don't know, isn't it? It's so hard to do this. But anyway, say Ole Miss hires Cliff Godwin. Well, Cliff Godwin's going to keep Carl Lafferty. And Carl Lafferty is the ace recruiter who's been with Mike, his right-hand man, for 14 years. So having Carl on staff, well, then that's a game-changer for keeping guys. That changes the entire dynamic. But if it's a Dan McDonald or name your guy and they bring all of their guys, well, now all bets are off. You just don't know. 
because the one-year penalty-free transfer is now in effect for everybody. And the SEC has passed that you can transfer in conference and not have to sit. You can do it once, not have to sit. So, yeah, that's definitely in play, too. Jabba's four at Jabba's four. How might this transfer pitcher from Texas A&M Corpus Christi fit in? Is he a starter candidate or not? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think he's going to start probably as the number three starter. Could be the number two. Compared favorably from somebody I talked to to Christian Trent. I don't want to go that far because Christian Trent, one of the best big game pitchers in Ole Miss baseball history. He's not Doug Nikhazy because nobody is Doug Nikhazy. I mean, think about this, Brad. Name me a better big game pitcher in Ole Miss history than Doug. There isn't one. That's going to be the most painful memory for Ole Miss fans, thinking back to these last two years. It's the real tragedy here. You had two years, two shots at Omaha with generational pitchers leading your rotation in Gunnar Hoagland and Doug Nikhazy. The first year gets wiped out by a generational pandemic, and the second year you lose the first round pick to Tommy John surgery. That's just some old Miss shit right there. Or that. It's that. But to answer your <laughs> question, he'll be a starter on the weekend. Brody Clayton at Brody Allen. Seemed like Mike knew exactly where you were going with your question in his post-game interview. Do you think Mike views this team the way fans do in that man what could have been? Absolutely. Absolutely. He's human, and he's not dumb. Absolutely. Just what I talked about, the tragedy of losing the last two years when you had a rotation. I mean, think about it. With those two guys fully healthy, Ole Miss is probably going, or likely, if not inevitably, going to three straight Super Regionals. Hosting two of them, most likely. And in that scenario, you're telling me Ole Miss doesn't punch its ticket to Omaha at least once? You cannot convince me of that. I think we beat Arizona if we have Hoagland. I mean, I don't I, think I they think play Arizona. I think they're hosting. That's that. That's a very good point. That that somebody else said that as well. I think that yeah. I think absolutely. I think I think you pull out a game or two that you're supposed to supposed to win there late and yeah you're right i think you're you're freaking hosting the super regional so that's that's how how small the small the difference can be and yeah i mean that that's just i mean how, how crappy of a luck can you get man you get a generational pandemic and a, and a guy that needs tommy john within two seasons i mean just i heard that gunner tore that ucl in march think about that that's the thing the reason why the Pirates and Gunner couldn't come to terms when he was drafted out of high school as a first-rounder, a comp pick first-rounder, is because of the medicals. They said, we believe you're going to have to have Tommy John surgery in your future. Well, they were right. That's the tricky thing about UCL. Sometimes you just don't know, and you can keep pitching effectively until finally the stiffness arrives in your forearm. You start to lose velocity on your fastball. Maybe the command is gone. You have no feel anymore. The symptoms don't show up until a little bit later. Now, again, I just heard that. But if it happened like that, my God, what a warrior to go as far as he did. You know what I mean? One of the best to ever do it. And he got robbed of two chances of going to Omaha. That sucks. We'll get right back to Bradley Sal in this mailbag edition of Talk of Champions after I tell you briefly about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Finally, at long last, Oxford is getting back to normal. The sun is shining. Those dreary winter months, they're behind us. Better yet, you actually get to experience Ole Miss Athletics events in person. What a world. What better way to get there than in a new car, truck, or Jeep? 
The only place to go for your next vehicle is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. They'll take care of you. And I know because I've bought a car there myself. And the experience was too easy. Seamless even. Their only goal is to get you in the vehicle you've always wanted at a good price. So reach out today. Don't wait. Give them a call. 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Or stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's 2201 East University Avenue. Just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Christ of Dodge Sheep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. Jay Berry Five. Before the baseball season started, what would have been your record and postseason predictions if you would have known about Elko, Gunner, Chofi, and other injuries, Brad? Um, well, I, I certainly would have been much more skeptical, um, especially, especially if you knew Hoagland was going to be out. I, I think you, you immediately notch us down. Um, Elko being out was was definitely hurt us, but I think I think we held up. I think we held up well hitting the ball when he was out. When he came back, it was certainly nice to have him. But um, I, I don't think that was as big a loss as as losing Gunner was. I mean, pitching's everything, you know that. Um, Vandy's proving it right now. A lot of teams are proving it that have really good pitchers. So, um, man, I, I would take a good solid pitching staff over a bunch of hitters any day. I mean, it's just it, that's just how you win ball games. Bottom line, if you told me that. I'd say, okay, they're probably a two or three seed somewhere and they don't get out of a regional. That would be my prediction. So, again, I know the entire conversation, and justifiably so, is all focused on Mike Bianco. But I don't want it to be lost about what this 2021 group accomplished because for everything it was dealt with, uniquely dealt with as far as adversity, they overcame time and time and time again. But yet, we're still having the same conversations because we were inevitably going to have this conversation if Ole Miss didn't make it to Omaha, no matter what led up to it. So I just don't want people to forget, and they need to be recognized for their individual accomplishments, including one Jacob Gonzalez, for example, who had over 90 hits, top 10 in Ole Miss history as a true freshman. Taylor Broadway setting the single-season record for saves. And all anybody's ever going to remember is how Mike making the absolutely right call Rolls him out there as an opener in game three, his second best pitcher, because name me another option. All the other options got shelled too. He was the best option hands down. All anybody's going to remember is that poor outing as an opener rather than what all came before it. You know, actually, I mean, he he did. He just left him in there too long. I mean, he left him in there inning too long. He, he only gave up three runs to the first three or four innings. And, um, you know, how about we hit the ball and kind of match them? That, that was the whole point yeah, of, hey, let's right. stay in this game. You're well, trying Mike, to recreate Saturday. That's what he was trying to do. Energize the team with Taylor like Doug did. Recreate that magic. Jump on them offensively. And then build that big lead and hope that all of your arms, Jack Doherty and Jackson Kimbrell, Brandon Johnson, all those available arms can protect a big lead. But the bats never did anything. I mean, you look at Arizona, their, their guy gives up a run or a hit and boom, he's out of there. Like you can't, you just left him in there too long. And I mean, he's, he's not used to, he, he went to the fourth. I mean, um, you, you get to the fourth thing and it's three to three to one. Um, you know, I mean, it's, you, you should probably get another arm there. Um, so I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think that I feel bad for Broadway. Honestly. I mean, he, he was putting a little, probably a tough spot there. And yeah. secondly, you 
he was left in just, just a little too long there. I don't blame Mike for leaving him in, though. He's your best guy. I'd have ridden him as far as I possibly could. You're trying to basically recreate Saturday, like I said. It just didn't work out. Should have never been in that position. Should have gone 2-0 in a Super. They hosted with Gunner winning game one and then Doug winning game two. But what can you do? Ben Webb at WebBen07. Does Tyler Myers return for another year? No. Tyler Myers was on this podcast two weeks ago, and I asked him if he was returning next year. He doesn't have any eligibility left, but he's going to go to grad school. So good for him. Chris Barnes at Slobbin underscore Robin. What a name. (laughs) All right. If your significant other says you can only get four autographed frame jerseys of your favorite athletes to hang on your wall, who are you choosing? Can be Ole Miss or not. Mine would be Babe, Ted Williams, Jordan, and Barry Bonds. Um, man, I don't know. That's a tough question. I'll have to really think about it. So, uh, Does that's... wrestling count as a sport? <laughs> no way. Then that eliminates Stone Cold Steve Austin for me. I would probably go Shaq. I was always a big Shaq fan. I don't know. I, mean, I could probably get some of these if I... If I reached around hard enough, it's way too, way too late for you. And also to say reach around phrasing, I would go one Kobe. I have a Chipper Jones signed bat, so that doesn't really count for me. But Kobe, you're going to think I'm crazy. Jay Novacek, I love Jay Novacek as a kid. Third, I don't know. AJ Brown, AJ Brown. (laughs) It's just AJ Brown. Look, I'm not going to pretend like I don't love AJ Brown. AJ Brown. I'm actually doing an interview with the Titans for a documentary they're doing, an in-house documentary for TennesseeTitans.com or something. I don't know. Um, About A.J. Brown and Jeffrey Simmons. I don't know what I'm going to say. (laughs) What can I say? I would do do Brett Favre. I I like Brett Favre a lot. I was always a huge fan of his. Um, Yeah, Brett Brett Favre and Shaq are probably my my two favorites growing up. Well, definitely Kobe and definitely Jay Novacek. Definitely A.J. Brown. A fourth one. I've got a lot of signed stuff in my office here. Like, I've got a Cowboys picture frame that's got one, two, three, four. So, eight pictures in the frame, all signed by Michael Irvin, uh, Deion Sanders, Novacek, Troy Aikman, Moose, Emmett Smith, Ken Norton. And then up top, Ryan Klesko, Archie Manning. Emmett Smith, Dick Butkus. I got an AJ Brown signed picture. I got Phil Mickelson up on the wall. So jerseys, I don't know. I would probably venture in the golf. I, I would probably get something signed by Tiger Woods. I had, oh yeah, I had, Tiger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had dinner with um, Arnold Palmer before he passed away, and um, Jack. It was the craziest event ever, but it was Arnold Palmer, Gary Player, Jack Nicholas, and um, Lee Trevino oh, all at the God. same dinner. I mean, I couldn't even eat my food. It was so cool. But did you drink uh, an Arnold Palmer with Arnold Palmer? No, but I could. I was so star. I, I don't get starstruck, but that that night I, I was starstruck. It was it was a really cool event. It was a very small personal setting, so that that's what made it cool. And um, yeah, they were opening up a course, and luckily we were there, and we got invited over there to to hang with them. And it was, uh, I mean, that that was probably one of the coolest things we've ever done. A Tiger Woods Sunday Red signed shirt. That counts. Oh yeah. I just, want, I just want to play nine holes with him. Well, duh. Everybody wants to do that. <laughs> We're not talking about that, though. Do you ever really get starstruck outside of what you just explained? Because I've only gotten starstruck really one time. I guess, yeah. I, I don't know. Not really, man. I, did I you ever back. jersey swap with, any, with anybody? Anybody of note? I did one. I, so I never asked because obviously the jersey swaps were, 
you know, two superstar players. I, I was always embarrassed to go ask a, a really good player, but I did, I did get one Jersey and it was just out of respect. I was a huge Dwight Freeney fan um, oh, growing awesome. up. I mean, I used to love watching him play, and I went against him. When I was in Seattle, I went against him when he was with the Falcons. And, um, you know, I, I never asked, but I, but we battled all game. I, I played a pretty good game versus him, but he was really hard to block, and I just went up to him. And I was like, man, you're one of my favorite players. Can I have your jersey? And he, sure enough, he gave it to me, and then we ended up playing golf after that, not not too long after that. So great guy, super respect him. And he's the one player I ever asked for a jersey and I actually got it. And, um yeah, I wasn't big on asking. I didn't feel like I was kind of in that category to be a jersey. I mean, you think you think somebody wants my? I mean, y'all think anybody wants my jersey? You know. So, um, but I did ask for his, and then he gave it to me. I was very, very thankful for that. If you gave me a Bradley Sal jersey, I'd hang it up in here somewhere. Easy. Yeah, that's. I mean, I I get that, but you know, I can't I can't go up to Julio Jones and say, "Hey, man, you want? A <laughs> hey, man, you want a jersey swap?" He's like, "The hell are you?" Well, I wondered like, if like Ole Miss guys did that because I saw a couple of pictures on Instagram. Like, I can't remember who it was, like Cody Core and Evan Ingram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that that. I mean, you can you definitely can do that. I mean, so, some Ole Miss guys really do. They they try to swap and collect all the jerseys or whatever. But man, I, I wasn't in, I wasn't super into that. I would be such a lame, corny dude. I would have done it with everybody I possibly could. Just no shame. We have gotten off track so bad here. You were supposed to stop me if I rambled and got off track. You have failed already. <laughs> All right, here we go. Michael Luker at Luker Michael 2 Hearing a lot of rumblings about Mike to LSU. No kidding. Should we put any stock in this? Yeah. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Andy McNulty at Andy McNulty 90. I wasn't trying to be a smartass there, Michael. It's been a long Monday. That's all I've chased. I put it up on Friday that the focus was now centered on Mike and Godwin. And then D1 Baseball, Monday evening, apparently was new news to some, but you were subscribed to the Ole Miss Spirit. You knew that. Andy McNulty at Andy McNulty 90. What's an appropriate punishment <laughs> for the Vandy Whistler? I see the death penalty. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Suggested a lot. I'd be fine with house arrest, personally. House arrest seems a little bit more appropriate. The death penalty, no. How about we just bar him from any stadium that is not Vanderbilt? What's so? What's the deal with the Vanny Whistler? There's a guy that whistles the whole game. Or yeah, something? yeah. You know the Vanny Whistler. Come on, you've heard it. You've had to. Have. I don't think so. I'd, I'd heard something mentioned. I don't know if I've ever ever really noticed. I've never been. At, does he come to the? Does he come to the away games? Oh, he goes everywhere. YouTube him. <laughs> I'm gonna have to do that. I didn't realize there was a guy that does. That. That's hilarious. The punishment is taking his stage away. That's the punishment. Dave at Gunboat Dave. Any defensive tackle transfer portal names we should keep an eye on? Not that I know of. Yeah, I haven't heard of anybody. Um, yeah, I know we tried to obviously get the the one guy from UAB. That's right. That didn't that that didn't come through, obviously. So yeah, I mean, I haven't heard anything on defense tackle. I'm, I'm actually really shocked so far. We haven't heard anything on tight end. Um, it's just been a really man. quiet portal for Ole Miss in general. I've been surprised by that. 
Absolutely. But I will say this though. I, I now I've, I've heard and I've you know, obviously spoken with, with the tight end coach and they say that the, the wolf kid is, is his, he quote is, is how they're supposed to look. So apparently he's been looking pretty good since coming back from, from his injury and, and the rehab. So um, I, I think they're really high on this kid. They, they, he could be, end up being a surprise player this year for us. Hmm. That's a good little tidbit there. Well, Dave continued. Katie Hill was abysmal last season. I wouldn't call him abysmal. You got to remember, there wasn't a lot of talent around him. I don't think it was abysmal last year. I just think that the defense was abysmal last year. And there's yeah. a lot of pressure on Eitan and Gordon to be SEC ready. I think we'll be fine next year. But it feels like we're still one piece shy from being solid this year, barring T. Tisdale showing up. Well, T. Tisdale's a big part of this. He has to show up. Well, I mean, you look, dude, you got the two Juco guys and Taiwan Malone, who's top five defense tackle coming your out. Your boy right three. there, and that's your guy. No doubt. There's, there's, that's three pretty solid players we had into the mix. And, and hey, let's just say um, this spring this year, they had some better. Let's just assume everybody took a step forward and you have a pretty serviceable defensive line, um, you know, compared to last year. Surely they're not going to roll out and be the exact same player they were. If that's the case, then we have some developmental issues. On, on yeah. the, We have much bigger talent so let's assume everybody's going to get better with the with the, another year in the weight room and, and you know there's a lot to coach on that film from this past season so um to think guys are, are going to be the exact same is i mean that's that's not realistic it feels like every team not just old miss fans but every team's fans kind of do this where they just judge players on past performance and think about all the other teams around them that maybe have question marks too oh those guys are going to get better we need to replace so-and-so, like a Katie Hill. And I'm not picking on Dave here. It's just I feel like teams, fans, it doesn't matter if it's Ole Miss, whoever, they do this. They undervalue their own returning guys that maybe haven't performed yet and just don't assume that they can take a step while looking around and saying, well, that guy was a five-star and he stepped in. Alabama's replacing one five-star with two five-star. You get what I'm saying? Like they undervalue yeah. guys well, that they have to take a step. That's just how this stuff works. No doubt. I mean, think about this. Think about Matt Crowley year before. I mean, you, nobody would even care if he transferred much less, you know, now, now he's, he's the face of the program and, and he's a potential Heisman candidate. So who, who's going to be the guys that take the next step and, and break out this past year? I mean, maybe a Sam Williams, somebody like that goes back to being dominant. You know, you just never know. I mean, for, from year to year, um, you know, people change and it's just, it's just, it is what it is. BJ Smith, my buddy, BJ Smith at BW Smith three. This football season, can we do a reaction pod? Me, you, and Brad, I don't have to be on the mic. I'll cook and bring the beverages. Hopefully change your mind on ribs. Just do a fresh take on the events of the game as they happen. Well, here's my deal. Going to break some news to Brad on the podcast right now. But I wanted to do a post-game podcast after games. If Brad would be up for it. But the thing is, is I got a feeling you're going to be too drunk or and or indisposed. No, I'll, I'll I'll probably be fine. Now you may get some raw emotion, some raw reaction. I may be a little. But that's perfect, hot. though. You'll be really hyped, <laughs> right? Because this is what Brad does when we're talking before the podcast, before I hit record. He's a totally different person, totally different person. He's just got all these thoughts. He's rolling, blah 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 blah, and then I hit record. Hey Ben, how's how's, how's it going? You you good? <laughs> Well, listen, man. Well, you, if you want if you want people to see the real me, let's let's watch the game, and I'll tell yeah. you exactly on certain plays how terrible it was or how good it was designed. So um, that's that that's my only problem with football is is when I watch it, I watch it in a totally different light, and you know I I, I can I mean I, I can see some of the flaws that that maybe other people can't see, and 
um, that f- football stuff to watch. I mean, it, it, it is because you just feel like, you know, you, well, people you just know, watch the ball and you don't just yeah, watch the ball, you, you know, schemes, you know, you know what went wrong there, you know, kind of who messed up, you know, you know, if the coaches are prepared, you know, if, if guys are running certain stuff in the zone versus me, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's and watching ball, watching balls steadily for the last 15 years. It's just, I watch it like I'm watching film, whereas others watch the game. So you're saying you're down for it. You're up for it. I've intrigued you. I've piqued your interest here. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm always I'm always down. All right, BJ. Tentatively agreeing to do this. You're not going to change my mind on ribs, though. You're just not going to do it. I hate ribs. You Same. and I just, no. I mean, no way. Mm-mm. Good luck. Lyle Roberts at Live Two Play Sports. Why wasn't LaFleur a factor at first base after the Texas weekend? Well, he got mono, among other ailments or just things that he dealt with physically. And then when he came in and got his opportunities, he struck out something crazy. It was like 13 and 20-something at bats. There was a little bit of a falling off or a fracture of relationship that led to him transferring out. So that's what happened. No production from Baker hurt this season. Well, yeah, it absolutely did. But one thing about Kel Baker, I'm not making excuses for him. He was absolutely abysmal against right-handed pitching. Hit, I think, around 160 against right-handed pitching. But defensively at first base, he was their best defensive option. Crazy as that might sound, that's what the coaches felt. It's not my opinion. This is what they felt. So before you say, Ben, what are you talking about? That came from the coaches. Two, against left-handed pitching, he hit over 300. So I get hitting him or platooning him, but the problem was, they didn't have the other side of the platoon. <laughs> so you just got Kale over and over and over. And how many times are you just going to face a lot of lefties? You just don't see that in college baseball all that much. So he just got exposed that way. Dave, at Gunboat Dave, I know it's been discussed before. Well, actually, in the previous question, Dave. But can we really get to the bottom of Mike Bianco's obsession with Baker and Ben Van Cleve this season? Also, how fitting were the last two ground outs to end the year? Uh, pretty fitting but here's the thing you don't recruit juco's to sit doesn't matter what sport it is football baseball basketball when you recruit a juco you're trying to get a plug and play guy and that's what baker who was the best junior college power hitter coming out in his class uh, it just didn't materialize that way and against left-handed pitching like i just mentioned he raked ben van cleve never hit a home run in his almost career assuming that his almost career is done he never hit a home run ever that big burly guy had double power, but nothing else. And just a batch of bad options at first base. Who was the good option? I told you what I would have done a long time ago. You remember this, Brad. I said, move Justin Bench to first base, put TJ McCants at shortstop, Jacob Gonzalez, who I think is a third baseman starting next year at third base. And in center field, John Rice Plumley. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if, just looking back on it, I wonder why Leatherwood maybe never got any consideration at first base. Um, me too. Been- yeah, yeah, me too. That's a good one. <laughs> no doubt. Maybe get him and JR, you know, John Rice, and then the lineup at the same time, as I felt like there were better options at the plate than than Baker. So, um, and, and not to mention defense and center field, that would have been really, really key for to have someone like John Rice out there or in the outfield in general all the time. So, um yeah i mean it's it's here it's here or there now it's a whole new squad next year but um yeah who knows gonna get right back to this mailbag edition of talk of champions with bradley south former old miss offensive lineman eight-year nfl vet after i'll tell you briefly about cheney's pharmacy another proud sponsor of talk of champions oxford mississippi is always at its best in the spring and summer the sun is shining, the square is popping, and you actually now get to go back to Ole Miss Athletics events in person. What could be better? 
But the only way to truly enjoy everything that Oxford and Ole Miss has to offer is to make sure you're still taking care of yourself, keeping yourself safe, and that you have a pharmacy you know you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy, a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. Hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at cheneyspharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. I was told that Ole Miss was never going to play Kevin Graham at first ever again, but I started to get it, and I think you brought it up on a podcast one time. I started to get it, moving Kevin back to first base, just living with the defense, putting TJ in left field because in center he never really looked comfortable, looked right. John Rice in center, Hayden Leatherwood in right. Maybe that was the best possible lineup. I don't, I don't know. It's really left-handed. The thing is against left-handed pitching, their best hitters, top three hitters, were all left-handed, so I don't think it really mattered. I agree with you about that. Hayden Leatherwood, I think, was the one that deserved more at-bats that he got taken away from him for reasons I just can't come up with. Steven and Man, Steven and Man 2, at what point does this so close yet so far become not good enough? You're about to find out. Mac Vaughn at Mac Wheeler, your thoughts on an early pitching rotation for next year? Who do you think? Gaddis as the number three, the number two, Diamond or Doherty, and then the number one on Friday, Diamond or Doherty, assuming they don't hit the portal. So I do think they're going to hit the portal and get one more arm. Jackson Jove is not getting on campus. He's not. My brother, my twin brother, Stephen Garrett, at Stephen Garrett, 1986. Real creative, telling everybody when we were born, the year we were born, Stephen. Should the Suns give courtside seats to the Suns in four fight guy? Did you see that? Uh-uh. What happened? So a fight breaks out in the stands between a Suns fan and a Nuggets fan. Well, two Nuggets fans. And it was broken up for a moment. And then one of the Nuggets fans tried to do the cheap thing where he blindsided him and started trying to punch him. Well, my man turned it around real quick and beat the crap out of him. Laid waste to him. <laughs> the Nuggets guy has got his hand over his face, covering his nose as he's walking out, his friend or whoever, brother, I don't know who it was, was pushing him, saying, hey, man, you're going to get arrested. Get out of here. Get out of here. And you can just see the blood dripping. And after he's done this, after the Suns guy has done this, beating the crap out of this Nuggets guy who tried to blindside him, he's just yelling, Suns and four, Suns and four, Suns and four. It became this big internet sensation. So, yeah, put that dude everywhere. If Ole Miss... <laughs> can celebrate. And I don't know who this guy is. He's probably a great person. He's probably a fun-loving guy. But if Ole Miss can celebrate a dude chugging a Coke, the Sun should absolutely honor a dude that has become a viral sensation. The Coke thing, again, I don't want to knock the guy. I'm sure he's great. But the Coke thing was really cringe, man. It really was. 
What are we doing? Yay, Mississippi! Obesity! Yay! What are we doing? <laughs> Why? But Suns and Four, the way that that happened, hell yeah. Give them courtside seats. Make them the unofficial mascot for the playoffs. I'm immediately going to find that video when we get off this I podcast. You I knew you would. And you're going to love it. I'm going to get texted me like, oh my God. I'm going to send it to you right now. Right now, as we're recording, I'm going to send this to Bradley Sal. Hold on. Here we go. Let me find it. It's coming your way. <laughs> Here we go. Bradley Sal is watching this video as we record. Oh, man. <laughs> Buddy wasn't playing any games. Oh, <laughs> Nuggets guy with the cheap, just kind of. Is this is this in Phoenix? Yeah, it's in the stands in the arena. Oh man, these are from the cheap seats too. Yeah, and this guy, he's talking about just Suns and four, Suns and four. Oh man, that's outstanding. Yeah, that was. I've I've lived there, and it can get it can get weird there, man. I'm not so shocked at this. This is outstanding. Jonathan McCormick at JWMC Rebel. You think any changes are coming to the baseball staff outside of Mike Bianco potentially leaving for LSU? No. Um, I know that Mike Clement, Ole Miss hitting coach, turned down overtures from Texas A&M to join Jim Schlossnagel's staff. Nick Blakely at CFC Nicholas. Is there any chance Keith fires Mike? No. No. I know it's more likely he takes the job at LSU than him getting fired. No. Not this year. No. Dave at Gunboat Dave. Agree or disagree? John Rice Plumley should have started in the outfield Sunday night. I agree. Yeah, I mean, I, I think at some point, you know, here's the thing, man. I mean, I don't want to bash players. That's not my thing. But, you know, the whole Kel Baker thing just went on for too long. I don't know if Mike's just loyal or what, but, I mean, find a way. I mean, get John Rice on the field. He offers something. I mean, even if he tips the ball on the ground, he can potentially beat it out. You know, it's a hit or – you know, and even when he was in there, I mean, he started hitting the ball there at the end. I think he, he would add some energy. I mean, I would have rather him at ninth batter than, than Kel Baker, you know, figure out a way. Le- Leatherwood should have been in there every day, all year. You know, he had stretches where he struggled, but the Duke, could, he could absolutely rake, man. I mean, w- w- when things got going good, he, he gives us a much better option. Um, I, I just think, you know, we were at the point where we needed all of our best players on the field there, and, and maybe they weren't the last game. Yeah, it kind of touches on what we've already covered, how we would have constructed the lineup, moving Kevin Graham to first, or maybe experimented with Hayden Leatherwood at first just to get that bat in the lineup because he was one of your better bats. He shouldn't ever be sitting on the bench no matter what the pitcher. He was hitting lefties, righties, and yet he was used as if he was just a disaster against left-handed pitching. It was weird. I don't know. I will ever go to my grave thinking that Mike and Hayden Leatherwood had issues or something. Cause I mean, you cannot tell me he shouldn't, shouldn't have been in the lineup every day compared to what we had at the ninth batter. You know, it's just like, it makes no sense. There was obviously some tension or something there. Cause you know, and I, I can read players pretty well when he got that hit, that double, he was very animated on second base. One of those kind of like, Hey, you know, you know, kind of chip on the shoulder kind of deal like my ass should have been in there kind of look you know so um i i will forever think there may have been some tension there between them too i think i agree with you and if we do get to sit down with mike if he stays that's a question i'm gonna ask antonio batista at pd underscore batista does jackson job come to ole miss and does he make it to campus no i know what many of you are gonna say 
He wants to come to Ole Miss. He has a high number. He's determined to go to school. He's going to be a top eight pick. He's the top prep arm in the draft. That's how high his stock has risen. He's not making it to campus. You go, you go into the next season, you got Diamond, Gaddis, and Jackson Job. I mean, you feel a lot better about, about your chances. But, yeah, there's – No. I mean, I – can't see the kid making it to campus. I mean, every projection has him inside the top ten. So I mean, there's some guys, there's some as there's some as high as number three. That's right. So yeah. you got lighter, lighter, whatever, rocker and Degum, Job, Job or whatever. There so, are teams that prefer Job to lighter and rocker. Yeah, that's yeah. There's there's no chance. I mean, who knows? I mean, there's but, a chance because there's always a chance. But let's be realistic. The money's going to be impossible to turn down. Now, there have been times when top 10 picks don't sign. The Braves did this with Carter Stewart. It happens. But come on. The top prep arm in the draft? I hope it works out that way for you guys. I really do, because Ole Miss needs him on the weekend. A lot also could be changed about Ole Miss baseball to where, uh, let's not get into that discussion. Paul Mahan, at Uncle Paul Mahan. How many seniors with a COVID option come back for next baseball season? Hmm. Um, I don't, know. I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. I, honestly, I wish Grant, I wish Graham and Elko would come back. I really do. Um, what, where do those guys even project in the, in baseball? I mean, Graham is a one tool guy. He can hit. That's about it. You know, it's not overly a strong. He doesn't arm. have a position at all. Yeah, he, he, he really doesn't. I mean, not, nothing against the kid. He's, he's a he's phenomenal. No, I'm telling you the scouting report from scouts. He doesn't have a position. Yeah, so I mean, may, maybe come back, get your masters, and blast some home runs in Swayze, and, and enjoy your college before it's gone. So um, I don't know. I mean, I do I know that love. Kevin Graham loves the Oxford experience. Like Tim Elko is not a partying guy, a big. I'm not saying Kevin's like some crazy Frank the Tank running around town or anything like that, but he does enjoy Oxford and the experience of it. So I could see Kevin Graham come back. I will say this: if one of Kevin Graham or Tim Elko comes back. I think both of them come back. Yeah, that, that that would be outstanding. You get those two back in bench, man. No, it's a game changer. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're, and then you got you obviously got done. You got pretty much your, your whole lineup back. But you're assuming that Mike Bianco's here. It all comes back to that. That's the entire story. It's Mike Bianco. What's going to happen with Mike Bianco? And as we're recording, I'm sorry to keep repeating myself. Maybe something has happened. But know this, it's now well past 11. Everything I was hearing was that the offer was on the table. It was his job to turn down. It's consistent with the reporting I had on Friday that said the focus for LSU was Mike Bianco and Cliff Godwin. What would Ole Miss do? It would call Dan McDonald, make him tell them no multiple times. If he did, they'd pivot to Cliff Godwin, who I've heard would say yes, search over. If it got past those two, well, that search could get really fun and really weird. So let's not talk about that. Let's actually just see what happens, for Christ's sake, with one Mike Bianco. Bubba Arl at Hammond underscore six. How many more times are we going to go through this pain? You're an Ole Miss fan. How many more times do you think? <laughs> uh, at least once a year. So how many more years are you going to be living? The average life expectancy is over 70. So there you go. Do the math. <laughs> Yeah, it's been been going on for a long time, man. Just enjoy it. It's, it's almost like it's a it's the it's the norm, you know. It's an enjoyable ride. It is what it is. Y'all aren't new to this. 
Michael Luker at Luker Michael 2 When does the pain end? Never. I have these weird, like some of my dreams sometimes are figure out a way to become like a multi-billionaire and just give an old mess, you know, 50% of it and just all above board, all above board promise getting us, getting us freaking over the hump some kind of way. Like let's, Oh my gosh, we're so close and everything. And it's just like, let's get over the hump for heaven's sakes in Oxford, Mississippi. Just one national championship for one sport. Women's golf won a national championship. That's awesome. I'm not diminishing that. But let's not pretend that a national championship in one of baseball, football, or basketball, that one experience, that one experience, one time. Jared Joel at Jared Joel. What happened with Jacquez Jones? John Sumrall. Period. End of sentence. John Sumrall happened. Bo Cotton at underscore Bo Cotton. He'll finish us up. With a new name and likeness rules, level the playing field for Ole Miss baseball when competing against schools with better scholarship systems. No, because those same advantages will still be there. And those schools can take advantage of the name, image, and likeness things as well. Because Vandy baseball players, now I've got the scholarship advantage on top of it, pile on the name, image, and likeness stuff. So no, everything stays the same in that way. Kermit Davis came and spoke, and he was kind to do this, but he came to New Albany to speak at the Rotary Club at my request, it was great. He talked about this and he said that he talked to someone who mentioned that Trevor Lawrence, had he come back, had he returned, he had made $3 million, $3 million. Now baseball players aren't going to make $3 million, but Vanderbilt players, that's the best college baseball program in the country. Vanderbilt players are going to make good money. Jack Leiter, Kumar Rocker, they're big names. So it's not really going to change anything in that respect. The powers will still be the powers. It just means that the top dogs, the top superstars, the ones I've already listed off, like a Tim Elko would have made a ton of money. He'd have made bank for the legendary stuff that he did. But leveling the playing field, not at all. Not even a little. It'll just be the same with uh, the superstars getting a little bit more money in their pocket. This has been Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Been on Twitter. He's Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. This podcast can be found wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions in Spotify, SoundCloud, Amazon Music, Stitcher, you name it, we're there. Talk of Champions. Hit it in the search bar, and you'll find us. What are you doing this week, man? What you got going on? Not a whole lot, man. I got you know some of my kids' softball. Um, yeah, nothing, nothing crazy. I mean, we had um, had some family in this weekend. We had a golf tournament with my father, and I mean, just a little stuff like that. So that this week's gonna be a little bit more chill, hopefully. Well, I'll catch you on the next podcast. I don't know when it'll be. But it'll happen once Mike Bianco, there's some resolution there. Once he's decided whether he's going to LSU or he's staying as Ole Miss head coach. So we'll find out maybe tomorrow, maybe today or today. As you're listening to this podcast, Wednesday, I don't know. But I think it'll be this week. Should be the next day or two. So once that happens, we'll be back. We'll have reaction, full coverage of it. And then it's break time. Thank you, buddy. I'll see you soon. See you, Ben. Howdy, toddy. Say goodbye. 
to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.